podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us here on a Monday, recapping the weekend that was with our usual Monday cohorts, Jamie Steyer. Hello! What a what a weekend, huh? I heard there was football. Jamie, just back from her uh, engagement photo shoot. Yeah, little little hoops. You guys shot some, shot some L- hoops in your photos? Yeah. Little hoops, little... Uh, finding a wind turbine in the middle of the country. I mean, it's it's uh, Iowa. That shouldn't exciting. be too hard to do. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Did you have to do? I remember when we did ours, my wife and I. Did you have? Are there situations where like, okay, this is going to seem like a really awkward pose, no one would ever stand in, but the photo is going to look great. Did you have some of those? Well, kind of, but like I do photography too, so I kind of get it. And the photographer is a friend of mine. But for my fiance, I'm sure that a lot of it was just like, man, I really hope these people know what they're talking about. Just make her look pretty. Make her look pretty. Uh, and of course, exactly. Andy Mitz. I, yeah, um, I watched football and I don't know why I watched football this weekend because let me tell you, it was no fun. I don't know. I thought it was pretty good weekend of football. Uh, Andy, you were also taking some <laughs> photos this weekend, right? Yeah. You got a, you got a headshot for me? Um, um, <laughs> um, it'll, it'll be coming to you shortly. Okay. Everybody. I'll, I'll I'll find something. And I put, took uh, <laughs> numerous photos of my daughters because uh, I have two girls, so you know whatever. Uh, okay, so as we mentioned, we got a whole weekend, <laughs> lots to get to. Before we talk about football, though, I feel that it is only right to to talk about a couple of things. First off, congratulations to TCU, uh, the TCU women's soccer team, winning the regular season, winning the Big Twelve title there, uh, getting the win over West Virginia on Friday in a one nil victory. Uh, TCU, I believe preseason was picked like fourth or fifth. Like, uh, look, I, yeah, they were down I follow there. the Big Twelve soccer. Like, I enjoy it. Definitely not one of the teams I was like, oh yeah, TCU had an undefeated season, had one draw, eight wins. Um, they weren't flashy. There was nothing about them. You were like, man, this seems awesome. They were just consistent. They were good. They played good defense. Congrats to them. Uh, West Virginia finishing in second this season. And we still have a, a few more matches left. We've got a delayed bedlam this Friday, which I'm super excited for. Uh, and, of course, we'll have the Big 12 tournament. That's pretty much it. There's no NCAA tournament. There's none of that stuff. So uh, big thing for TCU. Congrats to those ladies. That's a, that's a huge victory for them. Uh, also had a huge, huge, two huge volleyball matches. Okay, Number one, Texas was facing number three, Baylor. Two of, frankly, the best vol- women's volleyball programs in college. Or the Big 12, or in the state of Texas, Texas and Baylor. Texas got both wins this weekend. Um, that has become a like a, a a big deal. Okay, it is like in in college volleyball, Texas Baylor is a huge thing. Like it really is a massive thing. I understand a lot of people don't care about volleyball. That's cool. I get it. I don't expect everyone. You're missing out. I don't expect everyone to care about every sport. Some of us have way too much focus on college athletics. Whatever. I love it. Uh, so congrats. Congrats there. Uh, one other thing, we'll, we'll throw this out because I think we missed it. Iowa State and Oklahoma State uh, were Big 12 cross-country cross at champs this season. Uh, Iowa State got the women's 
Uh, Oklahoma State won over Baylor in a tiebreaker in the men's, so, so shout out there. But there are other sports that have been going on right now besides football. We've got college boss basketball coming up in like two weeks, folks. Like two. Yes, two we do. So we got a lot of things outside of football. We're definitely going to be talking about basketball coming up soon. Uh, and let's uh, let's just take a moment. Um, I think it's I think it's necessary. Because uh, 2020 is, if nothing else, relentless. Uh, after after two years of, of fighting with cancer, Alex Trebek passed away on Sunday morning. If you, I'm sure you've heard that news by now. Uh, I, I I can't claim to be one of the biggest Jeopardy fans. I did enjoy watching it sometimes. Uh, I understand Alex Trebek's relevance. Uh, and uh, I just like you just you can't replace him. Like I don't know how what they're gonna do in the show. But Andy, I believe you are are one of the people I've seen so far who is uh, who is a big a big Jeopardy guy, uh, a guy who really just really enjoyed the oh, show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I mean, this this hit me. So I grew up. Uh, I I was homeschooled for like the first four years that I had that I did school. But you know, the earliest earliest some of the earliest memories that I have is actually watching Jeopardy. I was a four-year-old. My favorite show was Jeopardy. I was that weird kid, um, you know, that, that you always hear about, but you never actually meet. Uh, but I absolutely love the show, watched it all the time. I did not miss a single episode from when I started watching it until I went off to college because I absolutely love the show that much. Alex Trebek, I mean, he's probably, you know, he is, he is like the gold standard for game show hosts, the guy who never had any kind of controversy, uh, you know, never had to deal with any of that kind of stuff and was just a, like a constant presence, always knew what the tenor of his show was supposed to be and how he was supposed to do it. And honestly, was just a good role model of how to interact with everybody that you could possibly come across. And so, I mean, I just I, I feel like I grew up with the guy um, because I, I, you know, watched him so often and really enjoyed that show. And I, you know, once once I went off to college, other stuff got in the way. I wasn't it was always able to watch it as religiously as I did before that, but I've always come back to it. I've always tried to find clips and it's just amazing the course of his career and what he has done. And, you know, the fact that I, I looked cause I was trying to find, I was like, surely someone is going to say something stupid and be, you know, be really upset. I couldn't find a single person that had a bad word to say about it. And so, you know, that's, that's probably the best in this day and age. That's like the best compliment you can get that nobody has anything bad to say about you at all. I mean, I'm sure there's someone, but, we don't care about them. <laughs> Side egg, whatever. Okay, um, we don't do a whole lot of non-football, so we wanted to take a few minutes, touch on a few things, and now, so let's let's hop in. Let's hop into this weekend. Um, I don't want to. We don't have time to hit on every game, um, and I don't want to. I want. I want to start with this. Was we started a segment uh, earlier in the season called "What Do You Have to Say for Yourself?" Where when the team would do something or have a loss or a moment where really like you need to explain what was going on there and this was the most what do you have to say for yourself weekend in the big 12 we have had which is numerous situations where you look at and go i'm sorry what 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 were you thinking what was going through you were paid millions of dollars what the hell and twitter folks seem to have uh, have a better grasp on the situation than you did so let's kind of mark these down one by one. We ran a poll on Twitter, 1012podcast, at TEN number 12 podcast, because uh, there were three that uh, myself, Andy, and Jamie kind of brought up as we were watching games by the end of, by the, end of the weekend. So we're going to go with these. We're going to do all three. Uh, I said we would talk about one. We're going to talk about all three. We're going to talk about them in the order from which the, they received the most votes to the least. 
Um, and and uh, I want to start with the, the Oklahoma State Kansas State game. Oklahoma State escaping twenty to eighteen. Uh, Kansas State went into the half with a twelve nothing lead over the state. Uh, twenty unanswered, thirteen unanswered in the third. Um, had a uh, had a fumble ruski, a, uh, a, a, a it's not a pick six. What do we, what do we call them? It wasn't. Like, it's supposed to be a scoop and score, but the ball never hit the ground, so it wasn't really a scoop. It was more like a popped into the defender's hands and he ran it all the way back. Anyways. That sounds that great. Was an, no, that's an accurate, yeah. A, a pop it into the defender's hand and run it all the way that's back. That's really catchy, I've heard isn't that it? a million times. I like to call that the papa pop shot. <laughs> Popping six? That feels right. No, no, the, the papa shot is what pop I always shot? Why does that sound like yeah. something? Why does that sound like an alcohol side? Because that's an actual shot? thing. It's like a, it's like a basketball bat- game. Oh. Yeah. All right, sure. Um, anyway, so let's talk about the end of this game. Into this game, Oklahoma State has the ball with two minutes, a little over two minutes to go. Okay, Kansas State's got all their timeouts. Oklahoma State's hurt, nursing a two-point lead. You just need about two first downs. Get you know, make Kansas State burn all their first down, all their timeouts. Get a first down. You can run this clock out. Have a two-point win and go home. And literally on the broadcast while this is going on, while Oklahoma State is running their three plays, the announcers quote, "My Mike Gundy is unapologetic about taking chances. He's done it many, many times. They ran three straight run plays behind a an offensive line that is, to call it beat up, would, uh, would be generous. Um, let's put it this way. From the start of the offseason, they, they, uh, they lost uh, one guy to retirement. Two guys to kick off the team transfer. Two starters got hurt in week one. Uh, and another starter who got hurt in Texas and didn't play. The Tevin J- Jenkins, who's their best one, got banged up. His backup got banged up, so the Tevin Jenkins had to come back in. Um, like, it's it's bad. And you, against a Kansas State defensive line that was playing really well, decide, we're going to call three straight run plays. Get the first down, and that'll work. It didn't. It didn't work. Now, here's what I guess. Mike Gundy, relying on his defense, which has been stellar this season. No arguing. Oklahoma State has had a fantastic defense. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I understand relying on a defense that has played as well as Oklahoma State's has thus far this season. Here's the problem. Um, They played lights out in this game. But by the end of the game, Kansas State had kind of figured some things out. They had figured out how to move the ball in the Oklahoma State defense. Now, you got that pop a shot and it was a very lucky situation yes you you forced the fumble it landed into the defender's hand he ran it all the way back for six that's a lucky thing to happen it just is like that's not a thing that that happens all the time so you got very lucky for that to happen turnovers are luck is involved in a turnover so kansas state had been moving the ball they had moved the ball on that drive you got the the fumble it ran it 70 yards back I just I don't I don't understand the thought process there of our defense is going to be great we're going to we're going to get the stop. Okay, well you didn't get the first down that didn't work. Gundy's conservatism almost cost Oklahoma State the game there. It did like that was a terrible call. In all reality, with with you up two points, all Kansas State needs is a field goal, and you give the ball back to Kansas State with two minutes left in the game. And I know they're not a fast-paced offense, but all they have to do is kick a field goal to beat you. I know that OSU won, but just because you won doesn't mean a decision was the right one. 
It doesn't. It doesn't. No, and the, and the worst part about that, like, it's not like the defense had been holding up the entire game and continued to hold up and, like, it wasn't a problem. Like, yeah, the defense had been really good for most of the game, but just before that, Kansas State had driven down the field really quick, twice in a row. Like, it wasn't even like a, you know, they had one gigantic play. Like, they had one gigantic play that happened, and then you got the scoop and score. Like, you you know, you got that pulled back. And then immediately after that, when you would think that they would, you know, kind of be like, oh, my gosh, like, what the heck just happened? They marched right down the field, you know, four minutes, all of eight plays, and marched all the way down the field and score a touchdown to pull it within within three. Like, it's not like they like the defense had been holding up and you know they they could count on it because it had been completely shutting Kansas State down. Kansas State was moving the ball really well in the last, you know, 6 minutes of game time. And so, yeah, I mean, I I really think I kind of talked about this before um that coming into this game, I thought this was going to be a low-scoring game and I really thought it was going to be because Kansas State wasn't going to be able to move the ball very well and that's that Oklahoma State you know, Gundy and Spencer Sanders were going to be extremely conservative. We're really going to pull it back because of all the turnovers that Spencer Sanders was a part of the, the previous week. And so, and, and that's exactly what happened. Oklahoma State went into a shell and thought, well, our defense is going to win it for us. We don't have to do anything with our offense. And sure, technically, yeah, the defense won it for you because they're the ones that got the winning touchdown. But really, the defense just about gave it away two different times. And you seem to think that they weren't going to potentially give it away again. They got real lucky, I think, with that pick too, because Will Howard just kind of, you know, misread what was going on and threw it a little bit behind the guy because he didn't see oh, no. the Oklahoma State defender We're gonna that get was coming to that in. Play in a minute. No, but you're right. Yeah. You had so you had the fours and 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 one. You don't go for it. Everybody wants you to go for it. You tried to draw them off sides. Never not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're not going to draw the ball. And honestly, I would argue the way the defense looked after you didn't draw them off sides, it almost seemed like it rejuvenated the team and inspired everybody. So first you get conservative there. Kansas State almost screws you because the, the very next play, the 58-yard pass. <laughs> like you punt. They yeah. complete a 58-yard pass. And then thank goodness for the the, the fumble catch and run. Um, but they were marching down and ready to score, and then they had that. Then they did score. And then it's, it's two straight conservative calls by Gundy that didn't cost him but should have. So, Jamie, do you have any thoughts here on, on Oklahoma State? Didn't see this one. Uh, read read some of the synopsis, and uh, the same with all of the things we're going to talk about today. I was reading about them, and I really just couldn't believe my eyes. It's just wildness. It's absolute insanity. And so that makes it extremely hard for me to give opinion since I didn't watch it live and get that same effect. But holy crap, yeah, they were lucky to escape that one. So, being transparent, look, Oklahoma State was without Tom Wallace. He made one play. One play. He stopped the onside, Kansas State from covering the onside kick at the end of the game. Bravo. Uh, Shuba Hubbard was banged up. You know, he'd kind of tweaked himself in practice that week. He didn't get to do much. L.D. Brown was awesome, but even he was banged up. Your offensive line was banged up. Spencer Sanders seemed banged up. Like, the offense was beat. That offense looks like one of those, like, world, like war movie shots where they go into the hospital and, and everyone down the line is in casts and legs up and injured, and there's just, like, moaning and crying. Like, that's how beat up Oklahoma State is at this point. It's not good. But still, in that spot, to give Kansas State those opportunities, I don't understand. So, to the Kansas State side of this, because guess what? I love climbing, 
I think he's a fantastic head coach. I think he's doing great things at Kansas State. It is ridiculous how good they've been with in just a year and a half for them. But Coach Klein, let me make sure I understand this correctly. Really, the way you've been able to burn Oklahoma State on Saturday was they shut down Deuce Vaughn, did 17 carries for 40 yards, and did one catch for five yards. Deuce Vaughn didn't do a whole lot. Yes, you had some big pass plays. Well, we mentioned that that 58 yarder that happened. It was a big play. It was a big pass, but it was a, a you tricked the defense in a similar way that Iowa State did when they had a, a big run. You you, you play that while well, you figured some things out about the middle of the field. Things are teams are figuring out there are there are holes in the middle with the linebackers for Oklahoma State's defense that can't be exploited. Texas figured it out. That's what they were able to do with their do. It was like the one play they had. Kansas State was figuring it out. But Will Howard, who is 10 for 21, 143 yards and touchdown, was okay. I had 14 carries for 125 yards and a touchdown. He was killing Oklahoma State with his legs. So you have two minutes. You have two whole minutes. I know you don't have any timeouts, but you've got two minutes of game time. That is a ton of time. You have two minutes of game time. You have the ball at your own 25. All you need to win is a field goal. And you go for the big play right off the bat. You have Will Howard throw a deep pass. What are you doing? What on earth are you doing? What in heaven's name are you doing? Why in the world would you put that game on Will Howard's arm? When Will Howard's arm, congrats, he made one big play. Ain't that good. It's not. It's not accurate. And you put a game where you just need a field goal. You just, just just can't turn the ball. The one thing you can't do is turn the ball over. And that's the first play call you come up with. You have a quarterback who can run on Oklahoma State, and you choose to have him throw. You can say, well, if he'd have just read this, no, Will Howard's just not that good of a football thrower. He's not a good thrower of the football. He's not an accurate thrower of the football. He might get better. He's a true freshman. He will make better plays and better throws. But he's not very good right now. And you put that on him there, that was the stupidest decision, and it bit Kansas State. Oklahoma State's decisions at the end of the game didn't cost them. Kansas State's did. Both coaches made terrible errors in judgment at the end, and one of them cost one of the coaches, and the other one got away with it. And that's it. I don't buy into the whole like one team deserved to win and one team didn't. That that's all crap. The team I don't I don't buy into any of that stuff. But if ever there was a game where neither team really neither coach deserved to win based off the way they handled the game at the end, it'd be this one. This is the perfect example of both teams deserve to lose with the way they played. Yes, and but it, it's also one of those things. Like I, I don't know that I'm quite as hard on Kansas State because Will Howard, you know, did have in those two different drives where they went down, like they had two or each of them had one big play. I think the, the, the problem here wasn't that they decided that they wanted to get a big play to try to go ahead and, you know, actually get a big chunk of yard at the beginning. The problem was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember correctly, they went right back to Phillip Brooks. The problem, like the reason they were successful at all against Oklahoma State because they were mixing it up. They were getting a bunch of different people involved. When they were throwing passes, they were throwing different receivers every single time. And so Oklahoma State had no idea where the ball was going. And like, like that's the only reason that they were successful in the passing game at all, at any point, was because they mixed it up. They tried to go right back to the well that was successful the prior time. 
and it didn't work because the throw was a little inaccurate, but Oklahoma State knew that's where it was going. And like you could tell, because they had three people right there in the area. So like they didn't they didn't surprise Oklahoma State at all. Yes, it was probably a bad play call. Um, but it's also kind of one of those things like knowing where they were trying to go or what they were gonna be trying to do, Oklahoma State was ready to stop the run. You know, and, and like it's it's kind of one of those things they didn't have the time, you know. I mean it's to me, it's not necessarily as big of an issue for them. Like, I think Gundy made the much less forgivable mistakes here. Um, it just didn't come back to bite him as much as it did Kleiman. Yes, Kleiman probably made the wrong call there, but I, I I actually agreed with him trying to go ahead and, you know, get the dagger because they had gotten big plays on the two prior drives. And you're probably going to have to do it at some point, especially if you want to score a touchdown to put the game out of reach at that point. And so, like... Yeah, he gambled on it. He lost. I, I can kind of see the thought process. I can kind of excuse the thought process a little bit. Will Howard probably isn't the guy you want to be able to do that with, but you also don't really have anybody else at this point because of injuries. So, like, if you're going to go for it, you got to go for it big, and you got to do it there. Um, so, like, I, again, I, I don't see this nearly as much of a problem as you probably do, but it, it definitely ended up costing them because Will Howard was not accurate. But like you said, he's a true freshman. He is developing. He's working on trying to read things correctly and, and, and all of that. And it was a big spot and he just wasn't able to do it. That's going to happen when you have a true freshman, unfortunately. All right. So I think that's enough on that game. Uh, so let's move over to our next one before we do that, guys, I know, and girls, sorry. I assume there are also females that watch this. We have a female on the show. I assume there are females that listen to the show as well. Maybe not. I may be assuming too much, but whatever. Uh, I don't want to be an ass, but I know most of you are like me and like our female Jamie. You like to start your mornings off with a cup of coffee. And probably a really good cup. Maybe you just like folders. Maybe you don't even care. Maybe you're like, I am so asleep. I will drink black swill. It's fine, just as long as it has caffeine. It wakes me up. That's fine. But I think you deserve something better. I think all of you do. If, if for nothing else, because you listen to the show, and I appreciate you. So why don't you start your morning off with a cup of lazy fair coffee? Ethically sourced beans from around the world, right in the heart of Big 12 country, DFW. They have something for everyone. They've got multiple fantastic flavors. Okay. We've talked about them on here over and over again for a reason. Like, we keep pushing this stuff because, like, I'm not a drug dealer, but I will sell something that's really good, and I love it. Okay. So, I don't know what kind of coffee you're into. I don't know. But you're going to find a bag that is just right for you at Lazy Fair Coffee. So go to LazyFairCoffee.com, L-A-Z-Y-F-A-I-R, coffee. Grab a bag, grab two. They got a dry rub, they got a body scrub. Both are good. I can vouch for one. Jamie can vouch for the other. Yep. Throw them in your cart. Use the promo code 1012. All cap, T-E-N-1-2. Get 10% off your order. If you live in the DW area, you get free shipping. This is a perfect thing for you, perfect thing for a friend, perfect thing for a holiday gift. Okay, I like giving. We all like giving coffee. Christmas. Somebody as always. I always maybe it's just me. I always get coffee. Andy, I know you don't drink coffee, and that's fine. Jamie, I know you drink coffee. Do you like coffee at Christmas? I drink. Uh, oh yeah, I would. I would definitely take coffee at Christmas. I I would make some shelf space for it since I already have a lot, and I would enjoy every single last bean. Perfect. But it would get the premier shelf space at the front. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right up there with uh with the coffee that I've already got from here because it's 
pretty bomb, and I'm running out very quickly. Okay, so Jamie's gonna go buy a couple bags. Yep. You, I, I have my order in. I was running low as well. So you guys need to get an order as well. LazyFairCoffee.com. Promo code ten twelve. Get ten percent off your order. Have a really good cup of coffee in your cup this weekend. Really good cup of coffee in your cup, man. I, you know, this is the problem when when you you cold read things. Sometimes it works. <laughs> so sometimes it works less. Um, okay. Just, uh, just do your best. We believe I in do. You. That's the best. Sometimes my best varies. Let's just say my best bear. My best <laughs> berries. All right, it's been a great show. Thank you. Let's just say my wife was. Uh, <laughs> uh, my wife was having a girls' weekend, and my mother is here, and. It's been a, it's my, both my daughters decided to make Friday night a choice. It's been a long weekend. Okay. Moving on down the line. <laughs> uh, when Matt Wells got hired as the head coach of Texas Tech, he was one of four brand new coaches in the big 12. And I said, he was my least favorite hire of all the hires. He was my least favorite hire. And every <laughs> week he continues to prove why. And this weekend, this Saturday, in a game against TCU, he made a decision that he has explained, and we'll get to that in a second, but that I'm just baffled by. And if someone disagrees, if you all think that the, the logic this was correct, um, please let me know. And I realize I'm talking a lot in this episode, but tough. Um, so Texas Tech gets the ball back down nine points, 27, so trailing TCU 27 to 18. It's 447 on the clock. They get the ball. First and 10 at their own 18. They march down the field as best they can, pull about two minutes off the clock. It's second and four, the TCU 19. It's second down. It's second down at the TCU 19. Texas Tech needs nine points. Because you have two, it's a two score game. You have to score. You're going to have to score a field goal at some point. But on second down at the TCU 19, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Texas Tech sends out the field goal unit. Trey Wolf, who had made his first field goal of the year in the first half. He was feeling it. His first field goal of the year in the first half of the year. Last last play of the first half, he made a field goal. He was one and four at that point. TCU, he is he, he was. TCU trots him out there on second. Texas Tech, gosh, keep your names together. Texas Tech drops them out there on second down to kick a field goal. He misses. Forget the fact that the missing just feels like it was inevitable. It's second down. You need two scores. And after the game, somebody asked Matt Wells about it. And to paraphrase Matt Wells, because I... Didn't write the exact quote. Essentially, what Matt Wells had to say was that they were going to kick the field goal on this drive and that they may have done it a play early, down early, but this is what they wanted to do. And they felt like this was within his range. A guy that had made one field goal all season. Nothing is in his range. You didn't even run a play to, to center it up for. It wasn't even like, down the line it was over toward the ha- like one of the hash marks so it wasn't even like it was like okay well if we're gonna set let's first down we probably gotta kick a field goal soon why don't we center this up a little bit before i share my other thoughts on what i think they were thinking um andy no 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 the problem is they weren't thinking he came in with a excuse 
to try to come up with a good reason for why they did that. But honestly, they weren't thinking. Because if you know you need two scores, right, you know you're going to have to get a field goal at some point. If you know you're going, if you're planning on taking a field goal at this point, the best way to give yourself as much of a shot as possible is throw the ball to the end zone. Second down, third down, throw the ball to the end zone. Take your shots, at least try to get that touchdown because you know you need them both. So go for the touchdown now, you know, settle for the field goal if you have to. You don't kick the ball on second down unless you are in overtime in an NFL game and just trying to win. This is this is absolute insanity. This is like the biggest, you know, this ah, this is my biggest pet peeve where coaches make a horrible mistake and then decide, oh, I can explain it away later and nobody else is going to think that I'm dumb because it's very obvious that he did not think about this. He said he panicked and said, well, we need a field goal. We think we're running out of time. If you're that worried about running out of time, throw the ball to the end zone. Incompletes. If you, you know, if, if you're worried about it, throw it out the back of the end zone. Like if it's not just wide open that way, incomplete pass, you know, you take off another 10 seconds maybe, and then you go ahead and kick it at that point. But that adds a whole lot of extra pressure onto your kicker that you're running it out on second down and he has to make this here or the game is over at this point. You don't put yourself in that situation unless you absolutely have to. It was an absolutely stupid move on Wells' part. So imagine, if you will, that you didn't watch this live and get to be confused. Imagine seeing people perhaps tweeting these things. Perhaps mentioning it in a text, and you say, that doesn't sound right. A field goal on second down? When you're down nine? I don't know about that one. And then you go, and you find articles, and you see it, and it's real? I couldn't believe it. I really, <laughs> I really thought that... Everyone had a collective moment of hysteria. There's no way that this was real. You can imagine my surprise when not only was it real, but he also attempted to justify it. He should have just really pled temporary insanity. I like how everyone else has lost their mind. Is it a more reasonable uh, thing to believe than someone kicked a field goal down nine? Significantly easier. Look, Andy is right. And the only thing that I can think of, the only thing in my brain that says, okay, if I was in that position and and was going to make a stupid decision like that, then I have to be going, there's only 244 left. We have to score twice. Uh, I know we have to stop them. We need to get our score now if we're going to have any time left on the clock. We've got to do something now. To that point, the idea that you knew you were going to go for the field goal here, you knew you were going to go for the field goal, you never go into a drive going, the only time you go for a, into a drive saying, we're going for the field goal, is when you're Kansas State and you're down two and you have the ball at two minutes to go. Is when you are able to tie or win with a field goal and you have the ball in the closing minutes, closing minutes, closing seconds of the game. That's it. That's the only time you go into a drive not when you're down. You don't go into it into it when you're down more than three and go, guys. We got four, five minutes to go here. I don't care what happens. I don't, I don't even want you to like. I don't even want you to aim for the end zone because we're going to go for the field goal. Like the line that that, that that's what they thought they were going to, was second down. Andy's right. 
you make a couple of attempts. You're at the TCU 19. You have 19 yards to go. That's it. You go for the score. If you want to go well, there twice. The worst part about it is with how difficult it had been for them to move the ball, you know, if you get the ball back, what's the likelihood that you're going to be in that position again to actually, you know, get the touchdown? Like, if you have to get both of them, you are much more likely to get a touchdown on second and four from the 19-yard line than you are from, oh, we just recovered an onside kick, assuming you actually can recover the onside kick. You put yourself an extra 60 or, you know, at least 40 yards back on the field and expect you to be able to go ahead and get that. Like, again, I understand this if it is fourth down and you're trying to decide on a fourth and four, do we kick the field goal or do we go for it to try to go ahead and get the touchdown? Oh, well, we need two scores anyway. Let's take the field goal now. You don't kick a field goal unless it's the end of the half or, you know, you can win the game with that kick and time is running down or... Again, you're in that kind of situation where it's fourth down and you have to go ahead and do that. Like the only time you don't kick a, or the only time you kick a field goal and it's not fourth down is when time is just about out and you have no other choice. It's just astonishing. You know what you need after to cheer you up after your head coach chooses to try and kick a field goal on second down when you're down two scores? You need a super comfortable hoodie, a super comfortable sweater, or some super comfortable joggers cold out that sounds really nice it's something to just cuddle up with to make yourself feel a little bit better my daughter had a hard time sleeping friday night she grabbed her little little baby doll cuddled it up close fast right now it's nice to have something to kind of curl up in so might i suggest you go to home field apparel and get some of their super comfortable hoodies and sweaters and joggers with <laughs> some well-researched and awesome awesome college Sports logos, vintage logos. They just they just wrapped up Big News Saturday. They actually had to have an extra one because they had Michigan, and they did it in honor of Michigan, Indiana, because they're all a bunch of Indiana fans. And Indiana won, so that was a nice Saturday for them because not only did they unveil Michigan, which I'm sure sold like crazy, they also got a win over Michigan. That's like it's just not even fair. That's like that's just it's just being greedy now. Look. They have over 90 schools. They've got two Big 12 schools, neither of which is Texas Tech, which serves them right after Saturday. They have Iowa State and they have Baylor, but they have so many others. Memphis, Southern Indiana, Bucknell, Fresno State, UMass, Missouri, Missouri, however you want to do it, San Diego State, Illinois State, Central Michigan, the list goes on and on and on and on. If you don't know about Homefield Apparel, we've been talking about them on here. If you haven't gone to at least check them out yet, if you haven't followed them on Twitter yet, what are you doing? If you're just on Twitter, that's fine. If you're like, I hate comfortable clothes and I don't like wearing school apparel. Okay. That's, I, I'm sure there is a collection of people out there that fits you that do you. niche. And you know what? I, I don't mean to make, I'm not trying to try to make, you do you. Yes. I'm not, this is not, you're good. But for those of you who do not fit into that category, you need to go to Homefield Apparel. Get 20% off your first order at Homefield Apparel with promo code 1012, all cap T-E-N-1-2. All orders of $50 or more get free shipping. I bought two. Uh, I will be purchasing uh, one for my father-in-law. And because free shipping is all orders of 50 or more, I'm going to buy myself a Christmas present and buy myself one because I live two hours away from Memphis. And I kind of like Memphis. And Memphis State shirts are pretty cool, so I'm probably going to grab one of those. I have, like, all these little secondary schools that I kind of like to watch and, and root for. So now I'm like, do you have them? Oh, you do? Yes. I will grab them. Um, sold. Absolutely sold. There you go. So, homebuildapparel.com. <laughs> 
10, 12, 20% off your first order. Be rocking some awesome, comfortable, vintage college sports apparel this Saturday. While you probably don't watch your team kick a field goal or attempt to do so on second down. I'm going to call him Matt Second Down Wells from now on. That's just, I, I'm I'm never going to let that one go. Never. Okay, last. In his mind, he was like Dr. Strange saying this is the only way we win. But <laughs> We're in the end game now. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you are in that the end game. I see millions of possibilities. And this, this is, is the, the only, only one where one. we win. Meanwhile, Texas Tech fans are like, we're in the end game now. That is correct. The <laughs> end of your tenure is the head coach at Texas Tech. Um, oh, okay, Andy, this last one is yours, buddy. Oh, gosh. I mean, this is – so, you know, I, I didn't at first think anything of this because I figured that uh, – well, I'll go ahead and set the stage here. Kansas and Oklahoma. And sure, I, I know what you guys are thinking, but it's probably not what you're thinking. Spencer Rattler takes a big hit with roughly, I think it's like five minutes left to go in the first half. Uh, and, you know, he's he's visibly shaken up. He's wincing. He goes over to the sideline. You can tell that he's having problems with his hip. You know, he keeps pointing to it, keeps digging into it. Um, the the announcers love to tell us that for some reason he decides he doesn't need to wear hip pads. And, uh, you know, he must have must have hurt himself on there. But the next, you know, Kansas... I believe Kansas turned the ball over after that. To be honest, I blocked most of that game out. Um, but this is <laughs> this is one of the things that kind of stuck with me. Um, but for whatever reason, the next time that Oklahoma comes back out, Spencer Rattler just runs right back out there. Um, and you can tell that he's visibly wincing. He is not planting when he's going to throw. He can't put everything into the throw like he normally does. And my thought was, well, maybe he just didn't seem to be that injured like before You know, he came out. It's like, oh, well, they're, they're, they're definitely going to pull him after this play, right? No, he stays in, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. But the, the worst part about it was the very next play, he goes, he throws the ball on a, on a swing pass, right? Which then calls for him to pull out of the huddle or out of the backfield and be the lead blocker on the play. And he goes up and he runs right in front of a Kansas guy and pulls up. And Kansas is able to tackle the runner because he cannot make the play like he's supposed to. And I just sat there this entire time, like watching this entire thing. It's like, what if he had hit him? What what if he had tried to block him? Like Rattler could have like broken his hip or done something because he was obviously in a lot of pain. There was something going on. And I just couldn't, you know, it made me wonder what the hell was Lincoln Riley thinking? His star quarterback, you know, the, the guy that is supposed to be leading the Oklahoma program for the next three years at least or next two years at least, um, is injured in this game. They're already up by like four touchdowns. There's absolutely no reason for him to need to stay in the game. Why is he still out there? All you're going to do is get him injured. And then after that, they go down and they score, and they brought him back out for one more drive at the end of the half. And I have no idea what, what Lincoln Riley was thinking. Like, this has got to be by far the worst decision that I have seen him make in his time as head coach at Oklahoma. And I have absolutely no why he did it. Does, does anybody have any idea why you would bring a guy back out who is obviously injured in a game where you don't need him? And it's pretty obvious that like Kansas is not going to mount a comeback in this game because they haven't been doing anything offensively. Honestly, like stuff like that really makes me upset having been around like coaches for my entire life because people love to go into the, oh, you know, it's it's so much mental toughness, you know. They must have just told the coach, he must have told the coach he was ready to go back out there. 
And the thing is that that kind of ignores the fact that these are people who are still, you know, potentially teenagers, maybe in their very early 20s. Like, they need people to look out for them. And especially in football, an injury that gets exacerbated and gets exacerbated, that can end your career. That can leave you with issues for the rest of your life. And you can't prevent that all the time. But when it's that obvious, you can at least do something. And so it's frankly infuriating that all the people who were put in place to protect those players, that the training staff, that the coaches, that no one thought that that, that that should be, you know, something should be done about that. Especially, like you said, in a game where, frankly, it doesn't matter one way or the other whether he's out there. I mean, it's, like, it's just really upsetting to me. Yeah, the worst part about it was, like, the announcers mentioned it after he got injured. And he came back out and was like, oh, man, he, he looks like he's a little gimpy, you know. And then another play goes by. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like he can plant on that leg. He's not putting everything into the throw. Then another play goes by. It's like the announcers were like, I don't know what he's doing out there. He's going to get himself injured even more. And then they brought him back for the next drive after that. And it was just, it was the most ridiculous thing. I mean, that that tells me one of two possibilities. Either Lincoln Riley didn't think he was that injured and decided to throw him back out there in a point where he absolutely didn't need to. And in which case it's like, well, wait a minute, where's the training staff? Kind of like you were saying, Jamie. Or he let Spencer Rattler talk him into putting him back in the game. And at that point, you know, I said this on Twitter. I was like, I have absolutely no idea why he's out there. You are the coach. It is your responsibility to take care of your player and make sure he's available when you need him. I mean, if he had gotten injured and ends up missing the rest of the season, I'm sorry. But, like, I, I don't care what you think about Mordecai. Rattler is a, is a better quarterback. He gives them the best opportunity to go and win the Big 12 this year. If you don't have him, sure, you might be okay with Mordecai, but it definitely gets harder and you don't need to, you know, run into that and not then have to worry about, you know, going into the bye week and, and worrying about all the kind of fallout from all of that. Like, it was so easy to avoid that situation to say, look, he got banged up. We're going to put Mordecai in for the rest of the game. And it, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot to say it got even worse. Rattler started the second half. Like he was still visibly shaken up. He played four plays on that drive and then they put in Mordecai in the middle of the drive I have absolutely no idea what he was thinking it was honestly the most irresponsible coaching decision that I have seen in a very very long time yeah I don't like look it probably won't come back to bite them they've got an idle week before they play Oklahoma State in a, in a huge bedlam game but agree that kind of stuff is just stupid like you're and I this is an offense at Kansas they're not good there's no reason for that. You don't need him to play that much, right? especially. You were up thirty-one to three at halftime. Did you did you think Kansas was going to mount a fourth quarter comeback like Kansas State and Iowa State? No, like, yeah, I don't. I'm all for toughness, and I get that tough guy mentality. But Lincoln Riley has never really come across like an old school tough guy kind of coach, and I mean that as an absolute compliment. Like. Not that we're stabbing with some juice and sticking back out there, and if his bones break, that will make him more of a man. Crap! Like I'm just that it was shocking. Uh, Rattler's fine. I hope. I assume he'll be healthy. And that's good. But it's just it's just so unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. Uh, okay. Like, like I said, we're not gonna hit every game. Um, congrats to Texas. They uh, they beat West Virginia on Saturday. Uh, which knocks West Virginia officially out of the... They're now officially out of the running for the Big 12 title game. Texas remains in it with just two losses in conference play. They went 4-2 and two in conference, 5-2 overall. I, again, 
I don't come away impressed by Texas. They're finding ways to win. That's great. Um, they've got a, a, a pretty, we'll see, schedule the rest of the way. Um, but congrats to them on their win. Uh, Iowa State. Jamie, do you really, do you want to talk about Iowa State? Do you? Oh, yes. Wait, wait, real quick on, on, on Texas. I think the Big 12 ref's Twitter account summed it up perfect. You know, talking about the election, talking about how hard it was to rig something. Because, look, we've been trying to get Texas back for oh, yeah. a decade. Um, <laughs> they did their damnedest to, you know, in this game to make sure that Texas was going to win. And, hey, guess what? It worked. Texas won again, just barely by the skin of their teeth. Um, and it took – there was two different, very, very questionable calls that benefit that happened to benefit Texas – and they were able to turn that into the win. I'm not saying that West Virginia deserved to win this game because both teams were very, very sloppy. This was a very, very poorly played game. That West Virginia defense was absolutely incredible, though. The problem was the West Virginia offense played very, very bad, um, which allowed Texas to stay in this game. And so it's, you know, it's one of those things like, again, kind of like you, I am not impressed at all by what Texas did in this game. They benefited from a very questionable call or two towards the end of the game that really allowed them to kind of take advantage there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Texas to actually show me something uh, before I'm willing to jump in and say that they actually have a legitimate shot to make it to the Big 12 title game. Um, they're still technically in it, but it still just doesn't feel like they're actually in the race at this point. Agreed. Yeah, I had some West Virginia fans who were like, you need to talk about the refs. They've been terrible. I'm like, we already did that rant. Like, and now you want me to talk about how the refs are bad and for Texas? Right. Like, uh, yeah, duh. Like, come on. That's not how I was. Whatever. Like, Where have you I don't, been? I don't buy conspiracy things. How long have things, you been in the Big 12 now? Like, it's a home game for Texas. Yeah. Like, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go Texas's way. That tends to be how it is. And I'm sure there's data and stats and like, actually, uh, Texas doesn't benefit. I don't want to hear it. Like, at all. Um, other game of the week, Jamie, do you want to talk about Iowa State overcoming a... a uh, a twenty-one to ten halftime deficit to to beat Baylor thirty-eight thirty-one after uh, after Iowa State just couldn't not turn the ball over to Baylor in the first half. Yeah, yeah. So thanks to daylight savings time, six o'clock is well after the sun goes down now. So I was done with my pictures and watched the game, uh, but I had to go get food, so I tuned in about four minutes late. And by that time, things were already getting a little bit hairy. A uh, little bit concerned when I flipped that game on. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. However, uh, they they pulled it together. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, if, I say this a lot this year because we're winning. Uh, these are games that Iowa State would never pull out in the past. The second that they get down, the second things start looking really dire, uh, we really haven't had people capable of turning it around like Brock Purdy did. And so thankfully he was able to have a consistent enough second half. But I mean, obviously the person to really look at and give the print, well, there's several people, but I mean, Brees Hall, heck of a game. Uh, heck of a season so far. Oh, My gosh. Love, love that kid. I mean, love the effort. Love what he does for the team. I mean, without him, it's it's a completely 
different situation. And then, I mean, we love we love Mike Rose in black uniforms getting uh, interceptions to end the game. Not the first time it's happened. Love to see it. But I mean, yeah, it was. I got I got a text from one of you two that was like, "So, Jamie, how are you doing with this game?" And I just said, to be completely honest, I'm like, "Well, I'm not thrilled, but I don't have the emotional capacity to be angry. Like, it's just too much. This weekend, this week has been so insane that." I just didn't have any energy left to be mad at football. So I was glad that it ended I'm be up honest, the way it did. That that sounds like a, an, an awful lot like what like it like what it is to be a Kansas football fan. <laughs> just not having the capacity to be angry about it. So but no, I like looking at this game, um you know, I've I've got I've got two theories. The first one either is that um, you know, they really just wanted to boost Brees Hall's Heisman candidacy to, you know, have him be such an important part of this game and show that, you know, despite everything else going wrong, you know, he really did it. Or, you know, the other thing was that maybe um, Brock Purdy just decided, look, I'm tired of I'm tired of everybody saying that I'm not really, you know, getting any better. So I'm going to put us in a deep hole so that way everyone can see my miraculous comeback <laughs> and talk about how great I am. But, I, I mean, this was just, this was, honestly, this was absolute insanity. Baylor was not really that impressive in this game at all. This, this is another one of those where everything like looks really, really weird, you know, because Iowa State played as bad as you possibly can. I mean, two straight interceptions that uh, Baylor then goes and scores on short. Uh, I'm sorry, the first one wasn't a short field, but um, you know, like they they take that momentum and score two quick touchdowns with it, and then they do their own kind of thing, you know, and then the and then the third interception was a pick six. So it's like. Brock Purdy had absolutely the worst possible first half that you possibly could have. Um, and they were able to stay in it long enough because of what Brees Hall did. And then Brock Purdy finally decided that he was going to stop sucking and, you know, actually did something in that second half there. And so, um, you know, the only the only other thought I have about this is that, Jamie, I, I'm I, I'm sorry, you know, Brees Hall is absolutely wonderful, but it just kind of sucks that he plays for the Hawkeyes, right? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. After talking no. about it, I oh my gosh! No, I I swear that one of the one of the ESPN employees over in the graphics department must read or be an avid follower of the Rock Chalk Talk website because that has been the longest running joke on our site forever. Because every single time that we make that joke that it's the Iowa State Hawkeyes, we get so much like vitriol and so many like horrible DMs, and the guy that runs our Twitter account just thinks it's absolutely hilarious, and so we do it all the time. All right, so there's only two games this coming weekend, and and neither one has any real implications on the Big Twelve standings. So I, I'm I don't I'm not all that interested in which ones you guys are interested in watching. Sorry. Um, we'll just see what happens. I mean, we can watch both. It's They're the, at different times. I'm I'm, I'm tempted to just take the week off. <laughs> although although actually thinking about it, this might be the first week that's not spoiled by a horrible Kansas loss. So maybe I should soak up as much. College football, if I, I mean, can this week. TC West Virginia at eleven, and then Baylor Texas Tech at three. Um, I mean, TC West Virginia could be interesting. Baylor Texas Tech. No, sorry. Um, I want to wrap up on this. Uh, we have we've stated our, our our predictions for the Big Twelve title game. I doubt anyone has changed theirs at this point, and that's fine. We'll talk more about that. Do you want me to yell again? We're going to do more of that kind of stuff <laughs> next week, um, leading into 
a, a very big weekend of Bedlam and Farmageddon at the same same weekend. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to make a statement here. I've been saying for some time I think Oklahoma is going to win the Big Twelve. I understand everything. There's a lot of football to play. A lot of things can happen. But Oklahoma got all their suspended players back ahead of the Texas Tech game. And one of the things that's really hurt Oklahoma to me is their running game. And, and props to TJ Pledger. And props to Seth McGowan for playing as well as they could. They've, they've done a good job. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is back. Thus far, he has 24 carries, 191 yards, 8 yards carry, and, and 5 touchdowns on the ground. He's also got another six catches for 73 yards. This guy, if he had been starting from week one for Oklahoma, had not been suspended, I don't think Oklahoma would have lost both games because they would have had a run game they could rely on. Oklahoma is not going to lose again in the regular season. Get ready for another Oklahoma as the Big 12 champs and watching them play Texas A&M in the Cotton Bowl. I don't like it any more than anybody else that's not an Oklahoma State or an Oklahoma fan is does, but... Props to him. He has been a huge different maker for them. Um, and I understand they just played Kansas and Texas Tech. And neither of those are just like, oh, wow. Guys, just, 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 I want you to mentally prepare yourselves for what now feels like the inevitable. No. I will not <laughs> yeah, mentally no. prepare for that. For, I will not put that Philip, in. Philip, I think you undercut your own argument there, though, because. Again, they got everybody back, and this really started to tick up in the last two games, uh, which, again, was Texas Tech and Kansas, the team that we said that, remember, those statistics do right. not matter against However, Kansas. I'm sorry. However, but, the counter-argument to that is they made Texas Tech look awful. And Texas Tech may not have many wins, and Texas Tech may not be very, very good, and they may kick field goal attempts on second down. But Texas Tech has played well in games. They beat West Virginia, who's pretty darn good. They had a decent game against Kansas State. They should have beaten Texas. Okay, um, They made some mistakes against TCU, but they were at least somewhat in. They were only down nine points there with five minutes to go. Oh, you embarrassed them. Like, it wasn't even. Like, the final score was 62-28. to 28. It wasn't that close. It wasn't. And I understand Kansas. I get it. And we've got Bedlam coming up in two weeks. And we can you can poo-poo what I have to say, and that's fine. I think part of that is less to do with you disagreeing with me and more to do with you just don't want to agree with me. And, and trust me, I hate myself for the things that I'm saying. I know we're a Big 12 show, and we're supposed to be impartial to everyone. And but no Big 12, and especially in a year where the Big 12 is not going to the playoff, they're not, then it would be, if ever there was a year for Oklahoma to not win the Big 12, this would be it. But I think it's gonna it's gonna happen again. It's gonna happen again because I of the other team of the teams that could be there to meet them which at this point is Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State, and Texas are the only teams still in the running. I don't I don't think any of them are going to. I don't think any of them can when Oklahoma is playing healthy at full strength with everyone on their roster that splits a half. Like I just I don't. If they can do it in Bedlam. Then I'll, you know, then, then at that point, yeah, there's absolutely no way that anybody even like, I mean, I, I understand that obviously if they beat Oklahoma state in Bedlam, then they're going to the big 12 title game because that's really the last obstacle that they have. But like at that point, if they can do that 
in Bedlam. Honestly, even if they were to somehow lose in Bedlam, but the running game were to be able to get, like the offense were able to get going that well, I still think that there's a very, very good opportunity for them because a lot of other stuff can break their way to kind of help them out there. Um, obviously, that, that would make it very difficult for them to actually get to the Big 12 title game as well, though, now that I think about it. So maybe I'm, I don't know. Bedlam uh, is a, I just, it's one of those things like they're Bedlam's running, playing game. their running game is taken off against the worst two teams in the Big 12 conference in, in Kansas and Texas Tech. And yes, Kansas defense probably isn't as bad as a lot of people say, but they get no help from the offense. And so the overall statistics look as bad as, you know, as everybody thinks that, that Kansas actually is because there's just so many more opportunities for offenses to put up statistics against this defense. But it's, I mean, you know, there's a reason that Kansas and Texas Tech are by far the worst two teams in the Big 12 this year. And if you put up really, really good statistics and everything takes a big turn against those two teams, I'm sorry, there's just not enough there for me to say that it's a real difference yet at this point. Fair enough. All right, so let's end on that one. Uh, we are... I'm working on cooking some stuff up for the next two weeks as we have just two games this next weekend and three the following. I'm trying to get some guests on just to help fill the, fill the time and, make, and keep the show interesting because I mean, like we got a picks pod on, on Thursday and we've only got two games to pick, like a, a three three picks, two picks. I don't know, I have to figure something out. So um, we will be back on Thursday with our picks with Daniel and Chris. Uh, don't forget homefieldapparel.com. 1012 gets you 20% off your first order. LazyFairCoffee.com, 1012 gets you 10% off your first order. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at 1012PodcastE and the number 12 of our podcast. Follow us on the gram. Uh, we should have a live this week. We should. We should have our Instagram live this week as we do every Wednesday. Uh, it's at 1012Pod. Uh, Andy, where can everybody follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at AndyMitz12. You can find my work about Kansas on Rock Talk Talk um, or occasionally over at the Land Grant Gauntlet as well. Jamie? Uh, all my social media is at jsteyz, J-S-T-E-Y-Z. With basketball coming up, there may or may not be all sorts of interesting stuff on there. We'll see. May or might not be. I would lean towards the Yes. Uh, so go follow both of them. Make sure you uh, rate and review the show. And we'll talk to you all again on Thursday. Podcast Network.